Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs! Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 3. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And sadly, we have no Chris with us this week, who's not feeling well. So get well soon, Chris, and we hope that you're back with us next week. We miss you already. Um, finally, someone actually bringing a bit of wisdom and Spurs knowledge to the podcast. So that's going to be lost this week. Well, she's um, got headaches. She ain't going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a few games to talk about. Um transfer windows obviously preview of the games we've got coming up um we've had a couple of matches since yeah. we last recorded um starting with the europa conference league um i went to that game the second leg um nice. we got tickets last last minute me my brother my dad i think it's like 20 quid for a ticket so it was like real real last minute so we were like you know what let's go um i haven't been back since the covid restrictions and that have allowed so i was really keen to get over there um and um, yeah, it was, you know what, it was a cracking atmosphere. I was really, really surprised. You know, a lot of the time you go to Europa League games in the past, and it's very flat. Um, mm. It was like, it was pretty lively. And it would, I mean, it was all because of Kane, right? Mm. Obviously, in the run up to that game, his statement on Twitter saying that, you know, he's staying and all of this stuff. He got an unbelievable reception. Absolutely incredible it was. He was skipper as well. Um, and to get the two goals in the first like 25 minutes or whatever it was, was just um, incredible. So I loved being back over there, if I'm totally honest. Um, it was so good to just, it's the little stupid little things that you forget about the match day experience. Like I got the train to Northumberland Park station, um, met my dad on the train, um, walked down, like got a burger from one of the burger vans. Do you know what I mean? Just the whole thing. You like When you walk down from Northumberland Park station as well, it's like walking like through the where all the housing estates are around Tottenham, mm. and the ground, which is obviously huge, is hidden. You just yeah. can't see it. Yeah, yeah. And then like you go past the last bit of um, housing estates, and then bang, there's this massive, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, sixty-five thousand football stadium, and it's just like it's incredible that it's just tucked away in this little, basically, housing estate. Um, so yeah, went 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 down to that. Loved being back. Like I won't like it. Felt a bit strange and a bit surreal. Like just going in for the first time and being like, you know, been away for like a year and a half. Um, mm. It was it was brilliant. Um, we, our season tickets were in the South Stand, but you couldn't actually buy your normal season ticket seats. It was a little bit weird. So we ended up sat um, on the other side of the South Stand. Um, so we were to the right of the goal, whereas normally we're to the left, cracking seats. Um, we were more sort of like near the corner flag. So it was really, really cool to be there. Like a cracking atmosphere. Really, really professional performance, I thought, like, the early goal was just the key for like everyone was like, if you can score in the first ten minutes, then no, no problem at all. And Kane was just on another level. He really, really was. Um, I don't know if you what if you saw the highlights or saw the game SD, but he had a chance after not even exaggerating about twenty seconds in the game where Romero kicked off back to Romero. He played this sixty yard ball like through the, like incredible pass, and like you just think Kane control and finish, but he put it over, but. 
Kane was brilliant. Like honestly, it looked like he was a a bloke playing an under 11s game. Like it just it was too easy for him. He just had so much time and space. Um, but a really really good professional performance. Like the special mention, I thought Harry Winks was brilliant in midfield, and he got a lot of stick, rightly so, from the first leg. But he played really really well. Like setting the tempo in midfield, playing forward dictating play like a really really good good performance which is fantastic um so job done really that wasn't it like we just needed to get through get the job done and then get into the competition yeah yeah that's exactly it it was it was it was never in doubt um and you going back to what you were saying about going back and the the little stuff it it's properly like holiday isn't it it's like when you you go for holiday you go for the big stuff but you remember the little stuff yeah. And uh, it's properly like that. Like uh, I'm, I miss obviously I miss the old stadium, but I miss meeting mates at Seven Sisters, turning that corner, that 25 minute walk up Tottenham High Road, mixing with local people, just seeing all the different places. Um, I, just there's so many little things that mm. were very familiar. It's a bit like, do you remember? And there's that feeling once you're in the ground of just being around people. At your own people it's a bit like I, I remember when we went to Swansea away me and you when we drove down and the KFC forgot our cold stop still angry about still that. waiting still, still waiting, waiting. <laughs> still angry about that but when we went in and you're in Swansea and so it's a little bit weird for me because obviously there's a lot of people who, who I sort of feel like I recognise and they're sort of my people but obviously they're not as well because they're Swansea and there's a massive rivalry Cardiff and then you you walked in through the the um, barrier to get into the away fans, and you're just with people who sound like you, look like you, dress like you, are all there for the same reason. And that's the bit that you miss. Like Twitter isn't that. Twitter is is isn't that. And that's the way we've had to be talking to our our fans and listen to the radio and on our WhatsApp groups. And that that isn't the same as just being in a place where the sole thing is just to support your team. Um, yeah. Professional performance, Winks. I mean, no surprise. He had a, basically a first team around him uh, against a team of farmers. So, and then our group is pretty good. Mura, Vitesse, Ren, I think, like all not too far away. All of them winnable games, like no yeah. problem, I don't think. I mean, there should be no issues whatsoever in getting out of that group with the B side. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. and, what, and that, you know what, actually. There should be no issues getting out of that group with half the B team, half the C team. And I'm talking like the likes of Harvey White. Do you know what I mean? And the real youngsters are getting a bit of a shot because it's like, come on, like we should win easily win those three home games. You're pretty much free if you do that in Europe. Like you well, win your, Ren, we win all your home group games, it should be fine. Ren aren't awful. They were they just played PSG in the cup um a few years ago, I think. And then they're not an awful team. Um, so that that shouldn't and we always come up the, the thing is the th- and the thing is I think we always forget is like when you have a first team and everything's clicking then it, you you see the power of Spurs it's a bit like you know that was it the 16-17 season when everything went right for us in the last season at White Hart Lane you knew the first team you knew how they were going to play but as soon as you start swapping three four players in or putting a whole new team out suddenly it becomes quite disjointed and they don't know how to play together and that's that's the only risk right because if they're playing their first teams against us because this is a massive opportunity for them to get into the Europa League or into the Champions League then um 
then we could come up against a tricky challenge. And also, I really do not care about this competition. If we go out, I'm not bothered. I'm saying it now. Even if we're in the final, I'm, if we're in the final, I want to win it. I'm not that bothered about it. It's one of these competitions, isn't it? Like, I think that you start, like, I, I, I we disagree on this. Like, I want us to progress through, like, and I, like, it will bother me if we get knocked out because the standard's so poor that, like, it would bug me more going out of this than it would the Europa League because the teams in it are so shocking. But I think for a lot of Spurs fans, like it won't really sort of get exciting until you reach at least the quarters. And then to you can almost Roma. like see, you can see the final then, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah Roma, 1-0. Yeah, yeah. You're out. <laughs> exactly. uh, but no, look, it should be, it, it should be straightforward. But we've, you know, we've seen enough of the Europa League, the UEFA Cup to know that any away game in Europe is a difficult game and it doesn't matter who you're like they can be awkward games and it's like the qualifi- qualification game that we lost 1-0 a couple of weeks ago highlights it more than ever like we could play that away game nine you know 10 times and nine times out of 10 we'll win it 3-4-0 but yeah. there's the chance that that 1-0 can happen um, but I'm completely relaxed with the group stages because like I said I can't see anyone causing us any issues at home and no. it's like home European game even in the Champions League like home European games, you back us to get a result. So yeah, yeah. That should be, should be how exciting is Brian and Romero as well? Well, Brian, um, Brian I thought Brian played really well um, in in the European game. Um, very composed. He's got he's got the David Silver esque glide where it's like you watch him and you think, how slow are you? But you're not slow. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like he just he just glides past people. And um, no, I thought he played like for a young man. Do you know what I mean? That's probably only trained a handful of times with us so far. Like, I thought he did very, very well. Yeah. Um, Romero is going to be a centre-back that is going to give me heart attacks this season, like, yeah. for sure. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, he is, he's a typical South American defender. And when I say that, I mean he's a front-foot defender. And yeah. that doesn't mean... Like, he is an aggressive player, but but it's if a ball's getting played into a centre-forward's feet, like a European centre-half, especially an English centre-half, is quite happy with that. It's like there's nothing going. But a South American centre, I was on the front foot and they're trying to nip it and then they're going and joining in with the play. And like, he did a couple of bits where he nicked the ball in that exact scenario. But he was off. Into Kane. He overlapped Kane in yeah. open play. And I was sat there with Sam and Sam was centre-back and I said to Sam, I was like, what is it? And like, I just watched our centre-back overlap the striker and Sam was like, I've never seen anything like this. Um, <laughs> he reminded us so much um, Big, both Argentinian of Otamendi. Do you remember Otamendi at City? That mm. sometimes it wasn't the prettiest, but he was, you know, he was a good centre back, but like also had the crazy decision making um, moment in him. And it's like, I'm not a betting man. I would 100% be slapping some money on Romero getting sent off because it's like yeah. he just like he 100% is a dive in on the halfway line. And the majority of the time he'll nick the ball and we'll be on the attack, but there'll be one occasion where he'll do it. Yeah, and he'll, yeah. he'll, you know, he'll come and start. But um, I, I actually that, thought yeah. him and Dyer looked like quite a nice partnership because yeah. I think Dyer, I mean, he's, he's quite a big guy, right? But he's never struck me as somebody particularly good in the air. Like he doesn't mm. jump very well, and it's always like Romero was. He, he honestly was brilliant in the air. So it's it's almost as if you know Dyer can sort of sit, and he's quite a clever player, read the game and get himself in a position. Romero can go and attack the ball, and like that felt like quite a nice partnership to me. Um, it was good to see him play. Strange seeing a number four and it not having all the varied written above it. That felt mm. really, really unusual to me. Um, the other weird thing about the game was it's the first time I've seen Hoybjerg live, and like I couldn't quite grasp that. 
Do you know what I mean? It feels like yeah, he's played for, for ages. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the first time I've seen him live. Um, but you know, he he come on and ticked it over and was good. They all they all played pretty well. The only one that was a little bit disappointed with was Cessignon. Not he didn't play bad, but he got pulled after about 65, 70, I think it was. And I just felt like he could have done a bit more. Like Nuno came out, didn't he? He said that he was he, he's a bit rusty. He hasn't played much good football yeah. for a long time. Like it's going to take time. So yeah. I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, I mean, Super Yan used to die forward. I mean, he got the goals against Dortmund in the Champions League, like knockout stages. Got that goal against Swansea with that bail dink, which was great, which uh, would take all day long. So, but yeah, um, but I mean, I remember talk, uh, reading about him about how he's effectively a box-to-box midfielder who just yeah. starts further back. <laughs> It, it, it also strikes me as somebody that, like in training, would just do some of the most ridiculous. It looks like just like a skillful footballer. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily associate that with a centre half. But um, and just quickly, Gallini, the goalkeeper, he looks as mad as anything. He really <laughs> does, and it's like he just he is so loud. He's got so much energy. Like he, he looks like he's, he's drunk about four or five Lucas Aids, like in yeah, the yeah. tunnel. Like he was just so buzzing. Um. He nearly gave the ball away after about two minutes in the game. He looks so nervous. Um, he just looks like a typical mad goalkeeper. Let's say you've got to be mad to be a goalie. He's the definition of that. Um, cra- crazy guy. Well, obviously, um, thingy, Hart's gone to Celtic, right? He just lost the, the derby. Um, Gerard's doing, working wonders up there. Yeah. Like he's he's gonna, he, he can drink for free in half of Glasgow, I think, for the rest of his life. Like He's done um, unbelievable things. But Hart came out and said that Nuno said he would never kick a ball for him, which I yeah. thought was really interesting. And like Gleaney, no problem with him. But we had Gazaniga. Like I, I'll never understand why we let Gazaniga go. I, I don't see how he'll be an improvement on Gle- how Gleaney will be an improvement on Gazaniga. Gazaniga's still quite well. He's not old for a goalkeeper. But... It's, it's strange, isn't it? Because the Gazaniga thing was a head scratcher for him because when he played, you think we've actually got a really, really good backup goalkeeper here. Like uh, it was, it always felt a bit funny when he went. But you don't. The thing is, we don't obviously see the influence that they are on the group in the dressing room. What type of character they are? Are they driven? Like, do they understand that they're going to be part of a squad? Do you know what I mean? All that stuff. And part of me does think that when Gazaniga had that run of a few months, I think in Gazaniga's head he was thinking, I, I'm challenging Loris here. Whereas I think everyone else was like, no, no, you, you're definitely the number two. So I feel like he could have been someone that maybe didn't understand what his role was. Um, but I was very surprised reading the, the Joe Hart stuff. But he was brought in Hart. And I think we were, most of us were quite happy when we brought him in because it's like he was brought in really for sort of helping the younger lads out. And he wasn't going to play that much. When he played, he weren't great, if we're being totally honest. Like he was quite suspect in those matches. So I can understand it from a pure footballing point of view. Um, sometimes managers just come in and they've just got their mind made up, haven't they, already on mm. players and they're just like, you're not for me and you've got to go. And like, yeah. That's just the business, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, talking about Hugo, 301 appearances for Spurs now, wow. all-time Premier League leader. I, I still, I know you're not, you don't think he's world-class and he may not be now, but I still I still think he's one of the best keepers in the world and he's... It, it's almost a shame he hasn't won more with us, but I love his loyalty and yeah. um, it sounds like he wants his contract to be renewed, but I don't know why he would move. He's got a great club who is scraping the worst of it. it it's, it's at its lowest ebb right now. It can only go up. Families in London, 
like it's just a great you're really close to France really like easy to get to Monaco to go back home I, I don't see why I always felt that he's been a little bit unlucky um Hugo in terms of his era all of the top sides have had top goalkeepers and I would say he's been a very very good goalkeeper a good club so logically if an opening had become available at a uh, Madrid or United, they might have looked at him and gone, we could probably bring him in and get him up to that level. But there's just there's a lot of top, top quality goalkeepers around, if we're yeah, being yeah. totally honest. And it's like, there's never even really been too much transfer speculation about him. Um, no. But look, 300 appearances for a club at any level of football is an incredible achievement. And we are extremely lucky to have him. You know, there's never been any question of his loyalty. And like no, no, no. In a time where there, there obviously has been a lot of talk about Kane, then there was the son. Son obviously signed a new deal, which was amazing. It's like Hugo for me this summer, and I've always sort of said I'm not a huge fan of him as captain, um, just because I'm not a big fan of goalkeepers being captains. If I'm totally honest, but you obviously, I know it's the argument you don't need an armband to be a leader on the pitch and all of that stuff. But I think that you know with with the Kane stuff and all that what's happened there, Hugo really is going to be Spurs captain until he's no longer with us. It's like mm. I can't see that changing now. I was. Like a lot of Spurs fans have always sort of felt that Kane is the real captain of Spurs. But after all the goings on the last few weeks, it's like, actually, like, I, I don't think you can be the proper leader of the team anymore because it's like you, you can't behave like that and be like, actually, I don't really want to be here and then and then lead the team. So, well, look, we're very lucky to have Hugo. He's been a brilliant captain for us. He's been a brilliant player. He's one of the greatest goalkeepers, if not the greatest goalkeeper to play for Spurs. Like... He really for is. Sure. So like we're lucky to have him. And like you say, especially where we're at at the moment, like I've always said that we could have upgraded on Hugo, but that was when we were a consistent Champions League team fighting for titles. Now, absolutely no chance. Do you know what I mean? We couldn't get a goalkeeper anywhere near his level because we're not, you know. Who, who would we have got though? Because well, I, I mean. There's a difference between like who we could realistically get and who would improve. Do you know what I mean? It's like there has always been half a dozen goalkeepers that I thought they're better than him. Like, they're the world-class ones for me. But realistically, are we going to be able to get them? Probably not, because why would they? Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just, I just, you know, I disagree because I just don't know. I, I still don't think De Gea is a better keeper. I think there's been points where he's been in a Man United team that have allowed him to be a bit better. Neuer was the world's best for a long time. Then you've got the Belgian fella at Real Madrid. What's, what's his name? Courtois. Courtois. Obviously good, but mistake prone. Like, I, could, and I don't know. Anyway, Hugo, I, I love the man. I, he's the best keeper I've, I've ever seen play for Spurs. I just, he's gone. For, he was, that he when he moved from sweeper keeper to just keeper, I think yeah. it's outstanding. And all his stats are unbelievable. Like the, I, you know, I don't like the XG, the that stuff, but there's they do one for saves. And his is, like two times the next best player in the Premier League. Um, he just, he, he saves us so many points, that man. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, before we go on to Watford, do, let's talk about Sissoko, because that seemed to go by quite quickly, But I'm, and I'm very, very happy he's gone. So I've got two points really on this. The first one is that I thought it was absolute, I can't get my head around why we did not delay the transfer for 24 hours well, from what i'm like, reading I, like, I, that was what they'd done that because they there was a 12 p.m registration deadline that they thought that they had they had beaten 
but it seems like Watford has already registered him. So I think Thought Spurs, had, so maybe take it an extra 24 hours. Yeah, but. I, I, I could not grasp that. Not because we would have looked at the second goal always a massive threat to us, because we, you know, we know what type of player he is, but he would obviously would have been involved in the week's training and how we're preparing to play Watford. So it's like, I, I couldn't quite believe it when I saw the teams and it was like, Sissoko starting, I'd have been like, surely we would have delayed that. I could not get my head around it. Um, very happy to see him go. Um like I've got no problems with Sissoko. I never have. Like he's not a great footballer. He gave everything when he played, and as a fan, that's really if we're being totally honest, that's that's what we want to see. A player that gives everyone. There was never a time where he didn't try or do you know what I mean, give everything. He was just a very, very limited technical player. But, you know, he was in the heart of midfield in the team, got the Champions League final, like, you know, it's like we did have good times with him in the side if I'm totally honest um it, it always struck me as a player that knew what his job was and mm. like, I think as soon as he stopped sounds mad as soon as he stopped trying to play football he becomes so much more effective for us um and by all accounts he was a very very popular figure in the dressing room as well that's um, the most important part isn't it but look he needed to go he's one of them players like his age and all of that where we're trying to go it's like these are the type of guys that we need to move them on Watford have made a good sign I think everyone's happy Watford mm. have signed a player that will be very good for them Sissoko mm. will be a key player there you know he's not gonna have to if he's had to move he's not had to move far do you know what I mean it's like it's just good all-round business for all of us it's the, we've only got one player in the team now above the, the age of 30 of the above the age of 30 that's Hugo with him gone now so that was great it's a shame Danny Rose didn't get a run out because that would have been great because Soko got a great run out but he did he, he warmed up didn't he and he got he got the shout out that he deserved um so yeah Watford I mean I've I've written some notes we've got three one nils but three really different one nils City was a great performance I, I can't do it. and then uh Wolves was a bit of a boring one nil it was it could have gone like they could have scored draw I had that one-on-one I'm I'm not down for having him as a as a, a winger, he's too old now to have not developed like an end product. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure I'm if you a, can train that into him. I, I'm not a fan of Trial, or if I'm totally honest. I think that he's one of these players that he causes threats in every game he plays in, and he mm. always will. And he'll always be a handful. And I don't think there'll be a fullback on the planet that would play against him for an hour and not feel like, oh, that's been a really tough game. Mm. But his end product, there's, there's a couple of points. I, I, when he gets in the final third, he doesn't do enough for me. And it's like when you've got the attributes to carry the ball up the pitch, to go past people, like what he's got, you'd think surely you can be playing at a, a really, really good level. But it's just that end product so far has not quite clicked. However, those that are really into their stats will look at expected goals and chances created. And he actually created more chances last season than Marcus Rashford did in the Premier League, which makes you think if you've got Kane and Son up top and Troy, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, would Rashford's job isn't to create goals. I think he plays on the wing, though. It's a similar position. Yeah, maybe. But I'm not a massive Troy fan, but I could, I don't want us to get him for the record, but I could understand if a big side take a bit of a gamble on him and say mm. we're going to be the team with the proper coaching and all of that that can really sort of make him into a top player I've just always thought with Traore why is why has nobody ever tried him through the middle because it's like on the wing like if, if as a team and like we did this against Wolf really we sort when he got the ball we just shepherded him wide because we know like his final delivery in the crossing 
is not his strong it, point. If he's the in point, the middle then? pitch and he's running at the centre backs and he's committing people there, the final pass is so much easier. So I, just, I can't figure out why no one's ever given him a shot in the middle. Because if you've got like Hoiberg, Dyer, and Sanchez in front of you, that's way harder than Tanganga. And the lack of technical ability or the lack of ability to pick a pass properly. Because last year his expected goals were just dinking the balls into Jimenez. And as soon as Jimenez went down, and now he can't, Jimenez isn't heading the yeah. ball anymore, he's not going to be providing those. I guarantee you he'll have far fewer expected goals off the back of Drury because he's not dinking the ball into Jimenez. And so that, that that is the thing. I just, I don't think he's very good. I think we had Aaron Lennon who sort of did the same and didn't have an end product and it would just be the same. You'd go, it would be exciting. And I think on FIFA you play with him and he'd be better because you could then do the final product. Yeah, um, but I would and, understand it. Like it wouldn't shock me if a if a bit not even necessarily a bit side if a side on deadline day forty forty five million and go for him. It wouldn't surprise me. I just hope I it's would, not us. Well, no, I I reckon that would be sides from abroad maybe. Because yeah. I, I think in the Premier League, I don't think the top four, and I do think the top four will be, you know, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United. I think they'll be the top four. None of them are going to go for him. Because I tell you who it strikes me as a, a deadline day panic by Everton. That's got mm. a, like an Everton buy written all over it. Like they've done that quite a few times. They've spent big money on players and you've been a bit like, oh, yeah, yeah. Remember them spending like 30 on Balassi? Mm. And you're just like, oh, like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, but anyway, but I don't mind. Like, thing is with Traore, he's one of them players. If you watched him, he would excite you. He does get you out of your seat. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? It's old school football. Get the ball, take a man on. But um, not for me. But on that, my uh, so the three different one nils. So I the the one nil here, I I thought was pretty. I think we could have scored more. I thought we could have got two or three. So I don't. This was one of those one nils where. If they had scored, it would have really complimented them. If we we only got one and it really did us a disservice, I think we could have got two or three more. Um, uh, Stevie B, I'm I've been quietly impressed with him, and I think I think he's better as an out and out winger as in like a four four two. I think his his technical skills are far better than I, than we've seen. Really, I think his coast control is really good. I think he's really smart. He makes really good runs around players I, th- I think the wider he plays the better he will be for us so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see that he's, he's a bit of an enigma but there's something I know I said a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't sure about him but I think we're beginning to see what what he could be there's used a player for there. There, there, you know there's definitely a player there it's just um giving him the time and the opportunities to develop um I think he started the season really well that bit of skill against Wolves disgusting what on the on the byline we rolled how? and flicked it how like I do just like I still I don't understand how players can do stuff like that. The the, the one that got me and I, I it's still the greatest bit of skill I've ever seen live because I still I don't I still can't I can't do it myself and I can do nearly everything all the skills <laughs> is the Balassi flick where we yeah. flicked over Ericsson and, and you know exactly what I was going to say before I even said it. If you haven't seen it, just look Bla- Balassi flick versus Ericsson. It, he sort of rolls it over his standing foot and flicks it with it, but you can't even really describe it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like crazy. Yeah, incredible. But, but, no, but on, on Bergwijn, like I'd like I said, I think there's I think there's a good player there. I think he's definitely somebody to me that is more suited playing away from home. Just where like I think he quite enjoys the industrial side of the game and like defensively he's he really does put a shift in. Um, and he's a brilliant carrier of the football. Mm-hmm. He'll pick the ball up, you know, just inside our half and he can get to the byline with it. Um, and you need that, especially playing away from him. I think at home, when teams typically are going to be a bit more deeper against us, 
I question him a little bit in those kind of games. Like, can he link play and be intricate? I've not seen that side of him yet, but I'm happy with Bergwijn. Like, I think he can go on and be a decent player for us. That's what I found really interesting about Watford. Usually we have either like teams coming up as 5-5 or 5-4-1s. Wolves really specific played in a 4-5-1. So they flooded the midfield. The lines were really tightly packed, but it meant there were players in between the lines and there was gaps for us to play. And I think that's why we could have scored a bit more. Mm. But what we were screaming out for was the Ericsson creative yeah. midfielder type because Delhi is working so hard and I think he's not a number 10 he never really has been that he might be a false nine but Delhi is running um he's running quickly he's running and he's making smart moves but around where the number 10 would be we we're, we're desperately seeking a number 10 yeah look look the three results we've had right it's, it's fantastic we're sat top of the league we haven't conceded a goal we've won all our games amazing but like I don't want to come across too negative, but I don't want these results to paper over the cracks that we are struggling. And like centre half and centre midfield, like we are struggling there. Um, and midfield to me is so unbalanced. And like I watch it, Delhi has Delhi's. I think Delhi's doing well in there, playing more box to box. Um, but Delhi, Hoiberg, and Skip for me, there is not the balance that you need no. in the midfield. You've got you've got one player in there in Delhi that can run box to box for ninety minutes that can get you a goal. But what Delhi lacks is he doesn't control tempo of a game. It's never been his game. It's just not him, right? But he can get you goals and assists, and he can run for you. Um, you want to do a high press like brilliant, like he's, he's tactically disciplined. Like he knows he knows how to play football. Hoiberg and Skip are, are for me two similar players that. They keep the ball very, very well in in if you sort of drew a ten yard radius around them, they can pass fantastically in those areas. But they they haven't got the ability to control the tempo of a game, to really sort of play the ball between the lines, to carve sides open or play that pass at the right time, just that really sort of opens a game up. Yeah. There are two players for me that just don't have that ability. Look, a lot of midfielders don't have that ability. They're very, very good, both of them, at what they do. And they are giving us that defensive solidity where mm. Dyer, Sanchez, Romero, they're just not getting exposed as much at the That's back, it. which is why we're, you know, we're doing well defensively. But we really need someone in the middle of the park that, that can play a little bit more and can link play. Um so like for me, we're crying out for somebody to play and to you know to get somebody in the middle of midfield that can do that for us. Who that could be, you know, that's where it's difficult. Um, it's always hard. Like we have, we've never replaced the, what Ericsson can do in terms of doing exactly that and getting those goals and those assists. But we do need somebody in there that can link the midfield and the attack a little bit better with the ball because um, that's where I worry a little bit. Like if a team does sort of really sit in against us. Have we got the tools to do it? The only one really in the side that has that sort of playmaker role is Kane. Do you know what I mean? His passing oh. is just incredible. Um, and, and Don Belly and the Celso should be the, those two players. Uh, uh, and Don Belly should be breaking lines and playing through balls. Lo Celso should be carrying the ball forward and breaking lines. But I think the thing is for me is like, Ndombele, and we've spoken a lot about him, he's, in, he's got incredible talent. It's undeniable. But it's just this, it's the decision making. And it's knowing like, when to play that ball between the lines into Kane and when to roll it to your fullback, get yourself in a position and collect it again and like keep the ball. And Undenbele is probably the most direct central midfielder I think I've ever seen play football. Yeah. Like he gets the ball, he turns, he tries to go past his you know opponent and he wants to play into centre forward's feet. That's incredible. That's brilliant. Mm. But 
you can't do that in all areas of the pitch. It's like sometimes it's about knowing when do we just keep it and tick it over and play short passes. When do I go to my fullback? When do I switch it? When do I play a ball in the channel to get us up the pit? Like, no, no, it, just can't quite, it just can't quite do that for me. So I'd love for us to go and get a midfielder that, that has got the ability to do that. But it's hard to know who, you know. I know that James Madison is someone that, you know, is looking at leaving Leicester. I mean, I doubt he'd want to come to Spurs. But that kind of player for me is the type of person that would be brilliant for us i'm not mm. saying i want us to go and get manson he's a good no, 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 i know what you mean so, like do you know what i mean i wouldn't want him, so but... who in your mind just who is the model of that player like gerard or who, who's the model that we're trying to replace it's, we're yeah, getting there you could there, there's two there's the there's the one that can play deep the michael carrick do you know what i mean and can control the game from deep Modric. or or there's or but but or there's the Modric. that but Modric played a lot more progressive passes for me than what carrick did carrick controlled the game Modric, like, just just incredible footballer. It's that kind of player, or like, you know, Gundogan at Man City knows when to go short. Yeah, like, yeah. It's that kind of player that just is just smart. Bernardo Bernardo Silva, you know, those kind of guys that are just they're just smart with what they do. Um, I just feel really like had Ericsson. someone like that, even like Jorginho at Chelsea. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is that for me? That is a type of player we lack. It's just smart in the middle of the park. Um, but you know, the problem is every side in the world wants that type of midfielder right it's hard to get and we either find someone in the market and bring them in or we find a slightly different way of playing and bring brian into the team a little bit and sort of hope that maybe he can help us you know link the play a little bit better i'm not sure but we need a center midfielder and we need a center half i know we've just got romero and we just kept three clean sheets but we need a center half desperately so i'm not sure it's desperate just because if we're getting the protection but um and I still want to see Rodon. I know he's not perfect. I know he hasn't played. Uh, Where's he been? Has he been injured or is he just out of favour? It feels like he's out of favour. He's fine, I think. I, I just, I don't know. Like He played really well for Wales. Really, really, really well for Wales in difficult games. Because Wales, you know, they're under attack a lot. We don't have great players. Like If you take Ramsey and Bale out, we don't have many great players at all. Like There's a lot of championship and backup championship players there. And so we're under the uh, under the cosh a lot, and he was brilliant. But maybe that's just his level. He was just putting his body on the line a lot. Um, yeah, I, we do need one. I don't think it's desperate. I think we can survive with Dyer, Sanchez, Rodon, Romero. That makes me so nervous. That those centre backs. It does. But that they, they did really well against City, and like yeah, they did. That, that's one end, and the other end, like. I'm interested to see what happens with Lukaku because, you know, was it Van Dyke just kept him out of that game? Didn't and so Lukaku is now one of those players where I'm scared of him coming. We haven't had one for a while where I'm scared of him coming to Spurs, but Lukaku is um he's going to get a goal against us. You can just see it. Can we just one. say as well like how bonkers this transfer window has been? Absolutely mental. And how good is the Premier League now compared to every other league in the world? Every other league, because Spanish league now, I mean, it wasn't all about Ronaldo and Messi, but it was. The French league has got an old Messi and it doesn't feel right with the Mbappe and Neymar stuff. Uh, Serie A, like Ronaldo's gone. And obviously there's some great players there, but it, it feels a bit tired. Whereas the Premier League's just gone mental, mental. Yeah. And like Ronaldo going back to United is just, <laughs> that is amazing. Like, like, I was so pleased to see that transfer happen. It's yeah. like, Maybe a few years ago when we were at sort of the, the top end of the league, I'd have been like, oh, God. But like now, I'm buzzing to see all these players. But Lukaku at Chelsea, I hate because that is an unbelievable signing for them. Absolutely brilliant. You know, we were saying earlier about 
certain managers, you know, when they come into clubs, they're like, no, you're not for me. You know, certain players just suit certain teams. Yeah, certain yeah, yeah. teams, like, just have a style. Like, you could never, I could never imagine City not being this really cute tick-attacker type, even when Pep goes. Like, I'm at, that just feels like that City for me. Chelsea's always sort of been like that hardened, big target man up front, like tough to beat team. Going and get them, going and getting Lukaku is just oh, that is monstrous. an unbelievable signing. He's going to be brilliant for them. He's going to be brilliant, and that, that, I, I do think they're going to win the league. I'm, I can't wait for City Chelsea. That's going to be just an interesting like such. There's four teams that can win the league this year, and I, it's been a long time since we said that. I, Honestly, I don't think United can. I, I, I still. I think, think United getting Ronaldo that changes a lot, and uh, the reason being, you know, like how United used to have that fear factor with Fergie. Mm-hmm. I that's back for me now. That oh. now. You're not playing, going to Old Trafford against United and Ronaldo, like, hey, He's no 36, like, obviously he's a great goal scorer, but the team around him isn't good enough. I, I really don't think, think, if you compare it to, yeah, I, they struggled yesterday. They really, really struggled. And Wolves were unlucky not to win. So, I like, we're not, the, the thing I'm, you know, United fans, we're a bit sick of them, you know, the, Coming when I was younger, United won everything. Won everything. I remember the '99. I remember all of that stuff, and so they've always been a bit irritating. But I remember how I felt when Bale came back, right? And that was sort of over ages, wasn't it? It was like weeks we were hearing about it. They, he was going to Man City on whenever it was last Friday in the morning. And then by the evening, he was go, he was at Man United and he'd signed. Unbelievable. So he's gone from going for your title rivals who you hate to coming back home. It, it must have been the greatest feeling ever. Like, I, I'm so happy for him. And he's oh. going to score bundles. Like, oh God. They're, like they're, I just, like, there is no world where I, where I can't see him scoring at least 20 league goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I just yeah. can't, like, it, it's just, it's phenomenal for them to go. You say that United team's not good. I don't know, like, the Herring goal, Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, Varane, Shaw. That's yeah, pre- let's talk about that. Shaw had the half-decent Euros, um, oh. but he's still fat. Varane, good. Maguire is is not a good footballer, and his like Maguire, his price no. tag has bloated everyone's expectations. Wan Bissaka, Man United fans don't like him, so that's done. Pogba can't play in this Man United team for whatever reason, and then McTominay alongside him. I yeah. quite like McTominay. I'm not him. a massive Pogba fan. I quite like McTominay um, about what he brings, and then their attack though. Their attack is just Sancho so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, they've got, but they've got too many. They, they've done what you do, what a child does on FIFA. They just go and buy attacking players, and there's no balance. That I, I, it, it's not a balanced team like Chelsea is. Like they'll still disagree consume. with that. Thank you. But the um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I just think sometimes when you've got that much firepower, it's like how are they not going to be up there just with that that amount of goals? And I think them getting Varane at the back is just a, that is such a good signing. He yeah, really is a top, top centre-back Varane. Um, so I think United, it's hard, I know they haven't got a striker. It's hard to look beyond City just because the level they've been at for the last five years. Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like they're such a well-oiled machine. Like they're just a brilliant side. Liverpool looks stronger, obviously, having Van Dijk back. Gomez is coming back too. Um, Chelsea, we've talked about. Like honestly, I think like all of those sides really can can be. Nervous. It would just be really exciting for there to be three or four sides all going for it. Mm. It obviously makes the the prospect of trying to get back in the Champions League look almost impossible at the moment, doesn't it? 
I don't think it'll happen. And I, I that's fine. Like we finished what seventh last year. Let's get let's get fifth. We I I think I can't believe Liverpool haven't signed anyone. Like really, he is. They they're going to do exactly what we did, where their players are already knackered. I think that they, they, we'll have some crazy results. Let's not forget, like, Villa scored seven against them last year. Do you remember like, that? That was yeah. so strange. Uh, and Van Dijk was playing in that game. Like That 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 would never happen against Chelsea. Mm. And we scored six against Man United, but it was, it's not going to happen against City either. And I think those two are in a league of their own, really. Um, that's what I can't wait for City-Chelsea, because it's going to be such a clash of styles as well. I, yeah. I, it's going to be so interesting. But there's definitely a lot more excitement back about football again. I think, mm. like, you know, like, I felt it going to that game on the Thursday night. Like, there's just a lot more, more enthusiasm. It's like, and I think I'll talk about Nuno for a little bit because, like, I really, really like him. Mm. I really do. I was a little bit like, I felt like when we got him, it was quite a safe appointment. I was like, yep, he'll be fine for a few seasons. Like, he'll steady the ship. Like, cool. I don't think we'll do anything amazing, but I think he'll be solid for us. I just... I love it. I love him in press conferences. Nothing's yeah, that's about exactly him. It. Everything's downplayed. Everything's positive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's exactly what you want to hear. Um, and you know he's getting the results as well. And it's like it already seems like he'd be an enjoyable coach and manager to be playing for. Like you'd want to play for him. Do you know what I mean? He yeah, he yeah. almost has that. If you play poorly, he's not going to come and scream and shout at you but you're going to know he's disappointed and like mm. that's almost worse. So I, I really like what I've seen from Nuno so far. I think he's getting the results, you know, keeping Kane is obviously massive for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that black bomber jacket is just, do you know what I mean? I, you know, he, lo- he looks the part as well, doesn't he? Well, I was driving back. So I, it was my brother's wedding and then I was driving back from a few days away. So I lit, but I managed to time it perfectly. So I was able to listen to the whole game um, in the car, which is great. Kids were asleep. Um, and I love listening to Five Live. Like I really, it, it's something that deeply satisfies me. And then they had an interview with him afterwards, and they were like, "Are you happy with the result?" And he said, "I'm not happy. It's a job." And it's so different from Mourinho. And it, it's just, he just, he's just a professional, and it's not about him. I think it's the perfect antidote. Can I read you um, a tweet from Daniel Sturridge that he tweeted yeah. uh, this morning? He says, "On another note, Sun Hyung Ming is one of my favourite players in football." He has everything. World class, in my opinion. I really don't think he's talked about enough or given the credit he deserves. I'm shocked teams aren't lining up to sign him. Uh, Got to give him his flowers today. Double hand praise, fire emoji mark. And he's totally right. Like, I I don't know why people haven't been coming to sign him because what hasn't he got? He can shoot. He can he can play anywhere across the front three. I think he is absolutely brilliant. Every time it's all about Kane. He steps up. He steps up. I mean, you have a look at the North London derby last year. He started off with that unbelievable goal. That Ridiculous goal. One of the best goals in, in any North London derby ever. It, that deserved a full stadium. And the, and the second goal we came, to be honest. But I just, I still think he's the best foreign player to ever play for Spurs. One of our greatest ever players. He's brilliant. Um, he, he Honestly, he really is. And he's gone from being a very good player to world class in the last 18 months. Like, he really has. He's just like, his numbers... The goals and assists in the last 18 months are phenomenal. And it's like he's just impacting big games at big moments. You know, before, and I always used to be critical of him and saying, like, in those moments, he just wouldn't quite put the mm. ball in the back of the net. Now, like, how many games are there we win 1-0 or 2-1 and Sun's got the winner? Like, yeah, it feels yeah, like yeah. happens all the time. 
Well, and the, this man is he's a very young man. He loves Spurs. He said he wants to finish his career at Spurs. What is wrong with him? Yeah, but I don't trust him. <laughs> in, in South Korea, there's a show where they show Spurs games and they have a picture of Sun in the in the top right hand corner of the screen just to let you know that he's playing. And they show highlights of just him. Like The amount of pressure that man's under is unbelievable. He has a room in his house just for his fan mail, but he still lives with his parents. Humble. I, I, he feels very modern. And there's only three players to score more because um, he's just hit 200 appearances, isn't he, for Spurs, 200 league appearances. And there's only three players who scored more goals uh, than Son in their first 200 league appearances. So that's Keane, Sheringham and Kane. Um, Son scored 72, Keane's got 81, Sheringham 85, Kane 137, <laughs> which is nuts. But, I and mean, I also feel like in that, though, the first like 30, 40 games for Son, he wasn't a starter. Mm. You know, he was on, he was so, he, he played for an hour. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he hadn't, people forget that after the first season, there was talks of him leaving and going back, yeah, yeah. back to playing in Germany. And it's like, it sounded like at that point, like he was quite keen to go and Potts was like, no, we're keeping you. And it's like now, you know, was he just signed that five-year deal, wasn't he? Like, that's the reason why sides aren't in for him because like, you couldn't get him. Do you know what I mean? With that long on his contract, he wants to stay. Like, you, you, just, you couldn't buy him. We're so lucky to have him, honestly. Like, he's a brilliant player. If you have a look at transfer market, which is great, and I've heard that um, uh, agents use it to help with their valuations, he's the 34th most expensive player in the world. You've got Kane there as well. We're just lucky to have... Imagine we didn't have those. Imagine we still had, instead of those two, we had Super Pav and Lamella. Like, suddenly the team looks, like, bog standard at best. Can we just Uh, talk a little bit about Eric Lamella's amazing start to his career in Seville he's, have you seen it no he scored I know he scored in his debut he, and he got he's got three in his first three so he scored a brace on his debut and then in the last game he got a 90th minute winner it's, I, I'm happy so, for him you know um, um last thing on and we haven't talked about much about Watford I just, they, I didn't think they deserved much out of the game um that Saar was a little bit little bit testy but whatever um but Delhi. Delhi working really hard again. I, I don't think he can do much more than that's what's asked for him. He's playing in that deeper three. He's he's playing really, really, really well, I think. Yeah, agree. I mean, the, the, for me, the standout player in the first three games is Jaffet Tanganga. Like, well, he is slowly becoming my favourite player of Spurs. Like, and honestly, I absolutely love him. So, I've he's the last of my notes. Um, good, but amazing against City where he had Grealish and Sterling in his pocket the whole game but struggled against Traore but who won and then struggled a little bit I thought from what I, I, I could hear him from there like he got beaten a few times but he is crossing balls well he is creating he is overlapping so I'm I'm excited to see where he goes because he is a well, really young man. I think with him there's more expected of him in the game against Watford yes from an all-round point absolutely. of view Against City, you're just sort of like, just defend. Like, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is a tricky task against Sterling Greenwich, anyway. but against Watford, it's like, you need to have that level of defensive play, then you need to get forward, you need to part, you know what I mean? It's like, he basically went from just being a defensive fullback to being a traditional right-back, and it's like, go up and down. Mm. Um, look, I, I I love him, I spoke about him a lot on the pod um, last season, just sort of couldn't believe that he wasn't getting more game time. We've got such a talented defender there. Like honestly, he could be one of the best we've had for a long, long time. I really yeah, think yeah. that highly of him. He is a hundred percent a future England player. He's yeah, a complete defender. Like honestly, well, it sounds like we're just about to sign this Barcelona right back, right? Like it's yeah. it's almost done. So I hope that doesn't mean Tanganga 
gets dropped down the pecking order? I, I'm assuming not. Because well, I mean, we've, we've got to try and shift Aurier, haven't we, tomorrow? Um, he needs to go. Um, that would leave you Doherty and Tanganga as the right-backs. And if Emerson comes in, there's a third one. Unless he's looking at it and they're trying to get rid of Doherty as well, which would surprise me because yeah, I can't yeah. see how we'd get decent money for him. Or they're looking at, we'll bring Emerson in and Tanganga goes to centre-half. That's what I was thinking. And that, that would be fine. Then we've got five centre-backs in rotation, potential of another one maybe coming tomorrow. Well, so. they look, you know, I still think that Nuno will look to play a back three at times this season. And it's like, for Tanganga, that's brilliant. My only, I just hope that Tanganga's versatility isn't an issue for him. That's yeah, my yeah, only exactly. thing. Like, if he just come out and said, I just want to be a centre-half, then it's like you play him there or you don't. Like, do you know what I mean? Because Same with Dyer, right? That's the Dyer, that was Dyer's problem where he hasn't developed as much as a centre-back because he played defensive. Um, obviously, there's a lot of chat about our neighbours from South London and I don't want to talk about them too much. Did you see I'll the... happily talk about them. It's Did amazing. See... It's amazing what's going I, on there. Trust the process. Re... Wait, <laughs> it only reminded me. I, I, there's, there's so much in there. There's um, emergency... Uh, talks being held with uh, senior players like a bank uh, led by Bamiyang, which is hilarious because all he all he does is chase money. There's um, who has disappeared since signing that contract, which is oh. hilarious. But the uh, the Spurs India did a great tweet where they just where they put out the table, but they cut the twentieth team off. <laughs> so we just say the table's looking good. <laughs> that was really funny. That's the official Spurs. But the the thing that's going confusing me about them and it's forget the the banter. I don't get their transfers. Forget the the hundred that they, they've still spent more than anyone else in the transfer <laughs> window. They spent fifty million pounds on Ben White from Brighton. <laughs> That's really funny, and it's not like there's a weird thing in the market where they're going to pay a lot because they've sold someone for loads of money and like they need the. They, it's just fifty million pounds. But on a serious note, they've let go um, Nelson. Uh, so Reese Nelson's gone to final today. They've let Willock go to Newcastle, yeah. but they're giving Xhaka an extension. Like I really don't understand what they're doing. Like Xhaka is an awful football player. He's an awful it's, football player. Honestly, it is remarkable what's going. The thing that I can't get my head around is that they've they've bought players that they've had there on loan that have been shocking. That's what I can't get. Like Cedric Suarez at right back, he yeah. couldn't get a kick at Southampton. Went there on loan. Dreadful. They've bought him. Yeah, yeah. Odegaard, you know, four or five years ago when he was 17, like so much potential that everyone was talking about him. He's gone to Arsenal on loan, bang average. They've spent 40, 50 million on him. Real Madrid are, are so short of attackers and they were yeah, yeah. still willing to let Odegaard go. It's like, what does that do? And it's like, it's not like they're buying players they've had on loan that haven't been good. Like, I just, I cannot understand I it. it. I, I, I just don't understand what they're playing at. The only thing I can think of logically is that there is a Spurs person there that, that's in charge of these decisions. That's the only thing I can think of that makes any sense to me. But truly remarkable. Well, because Daniel Levy's done unbelievable business for us. He's the, I, he's he's so it can't be a Spurs person in charge of transfers unless we've got I don't know. Okay. It's baffling, but it's so it's just amazing seeing them where they are. That's I mean, fun. they've got they look. Let's, if we're being completely honest. They're not going to go down. They're not. But no. like, it would just be amazing. They've got Norwich next at the Emirates. It would be amazing just to see Norwich go there. Even if Norwich drew, just to see the meltdown would be <laughs> incredible. Um, 
I also really hope they do a panic buy on deadline. They actually they're the type of side that drop forty five million on Traore just as a mad panic. Like let's just get somebody That'd in. Be great, it? it would be amazing to see them do something like that. But they were having a, they had a crisis last November. Like if you remember, there were talks about them going down last November, and all of this is being recorded by Amazon. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Spoiler alert. All or nothing. Definitely nothing. And these were the jokes we had all last season, all the season before. So, so it's like I'm basically fine. when Amazon get in touch with your club, you're going to have a bad season. Unless you're Man City, <laughs> you're going to have a bad season. Um, it's incredible. Any it documentary, even the Sunderland one, do you know what I mean? Back-to-back so relegations. The, um, I really, uh, the Sunderland one was really dis- depressing, wasn't it? Um, I started watching the Palace one, and the Palace one's just boring because they're a very boring club. Never won a major trophy. They're, they're just dull. Like, it's I, not. I, I found it quite a hard watch, if I'm honest. I found, yeah, it, it, it was upsetting, but it, and like I like the fact that you know the, the, the local fans came and joined it, but they're just a boring team. I found the Sunderland quite a difficult one because. It, it was the heart of the city. Like you could just see it. The the city one was really did the, the really lovely moment was when City won the league and Vincent Company yeah. was in his dad because he's he, I think he must have married a local girl. He's in his dad's like local the very local Manchester house with his dad who's a Man United fan. Yeah. <laughs> and Man was United. like and also was like giving him a bit as well, wouldn't he? Like <laughs> about the fact he was City and it was incredible. My favourite moment just in the Sunderland one is when. Um, a fan offers Chris Coleman out in the car park, and Chris Coleman comes back to him. He gets he gets sworn at, and he says, "No, I'm not. I'm married with five kids." But that's the comeback, and you're just yeah. like, "I don't understand what that oh, means." God. I really enjoyed the Sunderland one. I I didn't think I would, but I really really did. I found it. In, what I love about the documentaries is when they follow the fans around. That's the most enjoyable bit, and you've yeah, got yeah. people that are like cabbies that are like That's taking it. half days on a Thursday to drive three hours to watch their side, do you know what I mean, lose one nil somewhere. It. Like that is what football is all about. Well, and that's the bit that owners are forgetting because like at 70 quid a pop, I can't afford it. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm earning decent money, uh, you know, um, and it I can't afford it. I can't afford 70 quid a pop. And it, because it, it's not just 70 quid and they know that it's the food and it's the travel and all that sort of stuff. I can't afford it. Like I, it, I, it, it's a cost of my time, which you can make sacrifices for. Um, but it's not just that. Like they are pricing people out of the game, but it's the the heart and soul of the club is the fans. Like, and they, the the owners need to remember this that they can make this NFL type stadium and they can make the the longest bar in the world, but that's not what people want. The beauty of White Hart Lane was you walked in, you could pretty much see the grass if you're on the if you're on the lower stands from there, and that was it. It was you could see the focus was the football because there was. There was the gate, a very small, piss-stained, like, concrete room, and then you were in your seat, whereas now it's like a theatre and it's there to make money. And it, the heart, and I'm not having to go at Spurs because you have to do it. That's the way the game's going. But the, the way the game's going is, is wrong. It's not for the fans, and the fans are what make it. Like, the difference, like, we may, would probably have lost the City without the fans. And oh, the, a million percent. Right? And the fans are what make everything and you can't bottle it you can't monetize it and they're they're we're right on the precipice now of and you, you see what it's what 
the money side of the game has done to Real Madrid and Barcelona and Inter. Like they're they're at the threat of going under. Like Barcelona lost five hundred million euros last year, and they they're still in money problems now, even with Messi off the books. Like that's because they were just greedy and they forgot what what's important to the game. Run, run over. Uh, they just need to, the football needs to sort itself out. But local, we we as fans also need to vote with our feet and start going to our local clubs as well. Um, I've got a good quiz for you if you want to have a crack. Oh, good. Now, see, I usually do the quizzes because I'm so bad at the quizzes, but I am. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, so this um was sent to me by my friend Jordan Santos. So thanks Santos for this. Um. And it is, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, nine, nine players have worn the number nine shirt for Spurs in the Premier League. Honestly, this is my perfectly worst type. So a little bit of modern history with names. Kane. No, not no, Kane. Num- he's number, number 10. Nine. Number nine. Did Ben ever get number nine? Pav no. never got number nine. Defoe Pavlicen- never got. Pavlichenko was number nine. Defoe never 2008 to 2012. We had a number nine last season. He was on loan. It wasn't Bale. It was. So you got Bale never had number nine. See, our strikers don't... like. Crouch never had number nine, did he? If you think, the number nine shirt has been cursed for quite a while since, in my opinion, the... Well, definitely in the Premier League, our greatest number nine, who left us and went to Man United. Oh, Berber. So Berbatov had it, 2006-2008. Then Pav, who you've already said, got it. So since Pav, we've had more than we've had loads of number nines. We've had, well, you've got Bale and this. Right, Jack's internet's gone. So I think the only thing that's left to say is thanks for listening. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game. 
Isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.